Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast on probably the worst week of this season. We went down 1-0, a prediction that I did put as a joke. I didn't think it would actually happen. So, hello Ange. Is it really that time again? It's that time. Another hour of depressing Stoke City chat. I can't do with it. Why are you phoning me? Why do you you keep calling me? You rang me. Oh, did I? Okay. Right. Right. So before we go into the absolute nightmare that was Blackpool, we're first going to go into Crystal Palace, which again was another defeat. 2-1 2-1 at Palace. I got the score wrong, into that. I? I didn't expect Stoke to score. What were your views on that game? Because obviously I wasn't there, and thankfully I wasn't there. Well, I'll tell you what my views were. Six and three-quarter hours to go to any football match sort of paints your view before you get there. The traffic was horrendous. There was no trains. There was no underground in London. We unfortunately got stuck on the M25. We got there and got set up two minutes before kick-off. It only took four and a half hours to come home, but the match in between, I thought Stoke played really, really well. Uh, but you just knew, once once, once we equalised and what a good goal, you just knew that they'd find a way to throw it away. And the one thing that I find so frustrating about the football team is a manager can only do so much. And I'm not saying the manager is doing well, but when the players go over that line... If you cannot do the basics to stop the ball going in the net, then what up have you got? It's just so Stoke. Every team that comes and plays Stoke now, home and away, knows that they'll get a chance in the penalty area and, and they'll put it in. And that's what Crystal Palace did. Having said that, I thought Stoke played very well. Well, they played well, but they came away with a defeat, obviously, and are out the FA Cup season over, in my opinion. Please, please, please tell me that we aren't going to get to the playoffs. If you say we're going to get to the playoffs, I'm going to hang up and give up the podcast. I'll tell right, you. Right, well, that's good, because I am going to say we will get to the playoffs, but I aren't saying which year, it's which defi- century. It, it's definitely not <laughs> this year. In lifetime, look, there is no getting around the fact that I am gutted the same as probably every Stoke supporter other than yourself because you'll just rejoice in the fact that Ben Wilmot came on. That'll keep your week going. No, no. This this love affair with Ben, with ben Wilmot does stop now. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 it's been a joke for six months and now it's it's past its time. Right, um, we won't mention him anymore then. So, when we, need, we need a new hero that I can get behind next season. Joe Allen, why don't you go for no, Joe Allen? Oh, he didn't play yesterday, no, did he? And he's, Joe Burton, oh, he didn't play either, did he? No, why no, that'd make sense playing his best players. But anyway, before we, <laughs> before we go on, it was a spirited performance by Stoke, but again, sloppy errors that cost us against Palace for me. We've got we've got to look more into it now. What What is going on with this side at the moment? Why can't we keep hold of anything at this moment in time what is happening to this team do you believe because there's been a lot of talk about it so far and it come up after the Palace game have these players given up on the manager um, I don't think they've given up on the manager at all I think um, I think that a better term would be that they have completely lost confidence they are um, look one of the problems yesterday let's go let's go to one of the starting problems from perspective yesterday that midfield three as soon as I saw it there wasn't a bit of mobility in that midfield three it was unbalanced they'd never played together before unless I'm completely mistaken and it looked like they'd never played 
they'll never play again, together again. I mean, I understand. I understand why he he, he said he wouldn't start with Joe Allen because he's obviously wanting to try without Joe Allen, which leads me to think Joe Allen will be gone in the summer, which is neither here nor there. But he was on the bench. He warmed up twice and he didn't bring him on. So I wasn't so so happy about that. What do I think's gone wrong? I think every player's lost their confidence. I think there's one or two players playing in the team who. Uh, our big time Charlies even when Stoke aren't playing well and I thought Powell was awful yesterday I haven't thought he's played particularly well in the last two or three matches um, he hurt himself when he did that flick and went into the boards I think but he was more on the floor than up yesterday he looks irritated Tyrese Campbell's contribution uh, was to hit that one shot that almost hit the corner flag uh, then Philogene Bidace comes on and hardly gets the kick. I think he must have been on about 10 minutes before he had a kick. The whole team is completely out of sorts. And uh, when, you, when you think that that's the near, near the best squad we've got, because there's only Sitter really missing, because Seamers hardly ever played, um, then, then you have to wonder, um, like him, whether the players are good enough. And yesterday... He said that the players were mediocre, now, whether that was in their performance or whatever, but Jacob Brown wasn't in the in there to, to make a difference with the press. There were so many things. You can go from, from player one. Bonham playing, why isn't Bursic playing? If there's a reason why Bursic isn't playing. Nobody does not play your best goalkeeper if he is fully fit, unless there is another reason. So there's clearly a reason, if Bursic is fit, why he hasn't been picked. There are all sorts of rumours about him. There are rumours about other players. I don't know where they come from, but I do think I know Michael O'Neill well enough to suggest that if your best goalkeeper is fit and you don't play him, there has to be another justifiable reason. So um, when you start at the back and then you look, he's gone back to a back, a back three or a back five, whichever you want to call it, and we're still conceding, I mean, we had one effort from Maggi yesterday that hit the post. Quite how it struggled to the post, I've no idea. Um, but to play him as a lone striker, uh, running for balls that Powell's put over the top, I, I don't understand that because he's not a pacey. I mean, I don't know if he's played that position anywhere else, but I wouldn't play him there again. He's not pacey and he's just he's, he's chasing aimless causes. To me, he was a finisher. When he, he came in, he was a finisher. So there's there's a couple of things straight away for you. Um, I'm looking forward to, to hearing your marks on the players. And could you tell me who was the man of the match? Because I would have given it the referee. Um, I'm gonna get no. I'm not gonna give. We're not gonna give it away because that's what we're gonna go into next. Everyone's gonna enjoy this one. I'll tell you All now. Right, well, come on. I've had my say about what's gone wrong. What do you think's gone on? I think it's coming down to a manager that doesn't really know what he's doing or how. Well, not no, doesn't know what he's doing because obviously he knows what he's doing. But I think he just. I think he's just ran out of ideas. Personally, when I look at it, the way he's swapping goalkeepers around and changing this and changing that, putting the formation to this back five that didn't work under Nathan Jones, we just don't have the players for it. I know he's brought more centre-backs in to try and bring it back, but we just don't have the players, especially when one or two of the key players isn't fitting in. So if we've got no Hayward Bellish, there's no pace in the back of that defence. Liam Moore's a decent defender, but he's he's got no pet legs. Phil Jagielka's definitely got no legs. 
And then you look at Smith, who can't get up and down. You've got time on the left side. It, for me, doesn't get involved and play enough. There's a real problem here. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and sugarcoat it. I think my colonials running out of ideas. This, it reminded me of the end of the last season when we looked like a, a team that was completely running out of ideas with what he's got. But I'm, I'm not happy with it this time because he's brought five, six players in in this January and we look worse than we did before. But, but oh, well, let's just rewind a bit. I mean, I never had you down as a fickle fan, right? But it was only two or three weeks ago you were saying, what a signing Jaggy Elker is. How well has he done? No, I, yeah, you're but I'm... he's a rubbish. No, I haven't said he's rubbish. I just said he hasn't got the legs, which is right. fact. But he he's... didn't have the legs three weeks ago. Yeah, but I, I know he everything. didn't. But, but like I say, with the players round him, but we weren't playing the back three at that point when I said that. We were playing back four. And right, we looked okay. a lot better. And we looked like. Talking way out of this. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking about the other signings. You're saying Jaden Fillagie and Bedes is no good. You're yeah. saying Taylor Howard Bellish is no good. No, I think Awood Bellish is a great sign. I think Fillagie and Bedes is as well. I said it wrong, man. But <laughs> I think he's a great signing. But the truth of the matter is, they're not doing anything at this moment in time. When did they last make an assist or a, or a goal? Oh, I, I thought Baker was appalling yesterday. Yeah, Baker was, to be honest. But it's starting to... Now, now, to be honest, after a couple of months, because you can only judge it, and I judged it after a couple of weeks. Probably too soon, I agree. But I judged it after what I'd seen quickly. But for me, Lewis Baker, he's, he's looking like a, a 9 out of 10, week after 2 out of 10, 5 out of 10, then a 9 out yeah. of 10. He doesn't look consistent to me. Now I can understand why, when he's been out on loan, they've sort of lost faith with him. Because yeah. at the moment in time, I don't know where playing. Because I thought we brought him in to be an old. He's another player like Remain Sawyer's who isn't a holding midfielder. Yeah. And it's clear to see. Fair enough, he can play replace Joe Allen in the future. But yesterday, he was absolutely hopeless. And before yeah. we go any further, I, 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 in my opinion, I think my colonial is on borrowed time. I'm not going to say with the with the actual club, but I think with fans' faith in him, I think they, they they're turning now. Right. And we'll talk about that later when we when we get past obviously the player rating. So we go straight in with Jack Slippit Bonham. <laughs> I'm going to give Jack whatever you want to call him Bonham top marks because at least he moved about a bit. I don't think he had much chance for the goal, and he's getting a three. Uh, he's getting top marks. That's top marks. Yeah, that, that's good. To, that's that's to, to be honest, the most realistic one you've put in. Um, <laughs> Right, I'm going to go in with our two for Jack Bottom because at least he made a save, which was a pretty good save, to be honest, early on in the first half. Other than that, he did come well for crosses, but other than that, this man shouldn't be playing at this level. I'm sorry, he, he shouldn't be playing. I mean, we've let, we let Adam Davies go for this lad, seriously. Now, I know there's things that go in, but this lad ain't a good enough for our division. No, no question, he, he needs to go back to Gillingham. That's my opinion on Jack Bonham. Right, now we're moving to Tommy Smith. Um, two. Uh, uh, see, uh, minus one for me, Tommy Smith. Worst play on the pitch. Good? Absolutely worst play on the pitch yesterday. Kept getting overrun, couldn't get back in time. Every time he tried to run the ball up, he gave the ball away. Then he kept get, getting basically little one-two passes were confusing him for some reason and Blackpool were getting away. He was atrocious yesterday. He deserved his chance back in because of the good goal he scored the other week, without question. But for me, get Ben Wilmot in next week as quick as possible. Get rid of the lad. Not not 
good enough for what we want being? Do we want to go to the Premier League or drop to League One? Because that kind of player, these kind of players that I'm going through now, that are hitting up low marks, aren't good enough. Pure and simple. Smith, Bonham, not good enough. Bye-bye. Right. Let's go into Josh Timon. Two. Uh, uh, one from me, because he did put a good cross in, which Powell should have put away. Other than that, again, needs needs his own camera. I'm going to talk to Tim to see if we can put Josh Timon watch up, so he can. And I'm going to make a drinking game where he can where he can have a shot every time he stands around with his mouth open. Absolutely pointless yesterday. Wasn't running far enough forward. Every time he got the ball, he was sort of looking to give it away. No desire, no passion, not good enough at all. You can tell I'm angry, can't you? I can, yes. I'm just listening with bated breath for the next one. Right, Liam Moore. I thought he looked uh, particularly poor yesterday. Uh, he didn't seem to have enough skill. I mean, he got he got done very early on. Yeah, OK, Jagielka's pass wasn't great to him. Um, I don't think I've ever done this before, but he's getting a one. Uh, he's gave, I'm getting him with a minus two, the lowest I've ever been. Oh no, there can't be a minus two because yeah, I'm gonna go with it. I'll, I'll have to go. That's, that's where I have to bomb. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm gonna have to go with a one. I'm getting have to because I can't go lower because Tommy Smith was the worst player. I can't go lower than that unless I go no. Right, more slipped slipped on his backside. It fought for the first goal. If I mean for the goal. For me, is this another player that we've got Reading's rubbish? Well, we're good at picking up other people's rubbish, aren't we? But do you think he's a more useful bit of rubbish than the one we let them have? No. No, well, there's your answer. Not, not off this season, no, because Tom Ince's record this season has been brilliant. And we know he's he's not the complete player and we know he's inconsistent, but let's be honest, let's look at this entire squad. How many players have we got that aren't inconsistent? Let's be brutally honest. Yes, very true. So for me, it goes in with a one. Right now, we're going with Phil. Phil, bad pass, Jagielka. I thought Jagielka had his worst match in the Stoke shirt. I thought he looked way off the pace. Yes, his legs looked like they'd never been with him yesterday. Uh, I'm going to give him a two. Uh, another one from me for Phil Jagielka. Slow, luggied, couldn't pass the ball in, in the right direction. And. To be honest, didn't even stand up tall to a couple of players that were shorter than him. Just utter rubbish yesterday, Jaggy Elke. Look, he looked his age yesterday. That's the first time when I looked at him because he's been pretty good, Jaggy Elke. He's been quite consistent. He's been he's been looking like a decent player. Yesterday he was knackered after ten minutes, and he and he looked his age, which is a real bad sign for me because if he carries on like that, it looks like he's going at the end of the season anyway. Yeah. Right. Don't think you really want to uh, keep 39 year olds, do you? Well, let's let's. Well, I don't know with all these players. It's a very low date for me today. This is the worst game I've seen for a hell of a long time. Right, we're going with. Luton? Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's worse than Luton to be honest, because Blackpool, yeah, I couldn't even name a player. Right, let's go into Harwood Bellish. Uh, thought he was probably one of the better bad ones, but he's still not getting more than the two. Uh, he's going to get a free from me, actually, Harwood Bellish. I thought, to be honest, if it wasn't for him, we could have got a real good hiding yesterday, to be honest. Um, he was trying to get the ball out, uh, but, you know, he wasn't good enough for the goal as well. Nowhere near good enough. Get You know, it, it's just a lack of concentration. I, I don't think it's just a matter of, of um, just being poor on the day. 
they, 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 none of them looked up for it yesterday. None no, of them. Didn't. And it, 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 I could see after five, six minutes, I, I said to my mate, I goes, they aren't up for this at all. You can see it in the faces. They've given up. And that's that's the worst thing that you can be as a, as a player in a team, is giving up because there's nothing worth playing for. It's just yeah, poor. True. Right, so we're going to Louis Baker. From being a, looking a wonderful signing when we had him, um, he's looking not as wonderful a signing. I wouldn't have given him the armband, I'd have given it to Jaggy Elke. Uh, but he's had a couple of good performances for us, and I think there is a good player in there, so he gets a two. Uh, he gets a two from me, Baker. Just completely isolated himself half the time, to be honest. Uh, there's no player that's alongside him that was worse, but you know, he, he brought nothing to the table. He didn't pick. No. He didn't. He didn't stand counted. He wasn't shouting. He wasn't talking. No, no idea why he was given the captain's armband. And yeah, there was no influential performance there. So yeah, he gets nothing from me. Right here we go in to the second worst player on the pitch. Get him gone. Remain Sawyer's. Now, at Crystal Palace, Romain Sawyers was um, very, very good. And I thought he, he was he was the, one of the better players. Yesterday, for five minutes, I thought, he's trying to go forward with the ball here. And apart from that, um, I thought he was appalling. So he's getting a one from me. Uh, yeah, another one from me, because can't go lower because of Tommy Smith. He is the second worst. Um, very, very poor display. It brought nothing. Apart from, yeah, he made a couple of nice runs forward. He made simple passes. I thought Joe Allen was back. The old, the old Joe Allen where he liked passing it to the man next to him. Poor. So poor yesterday, Romain Sawyers. You, you know, I, everyone remembers my reaction when we found out he was back from injury. Oh, no. And these are the performances why. He was up for Palace because he's obviously trying to impress TV lights and, and Premier League side. But yesterday... Back to his normal self, running round, not really doing a lot. No. Right, Mario Verancic. Um, I think Mario Verancic is a class free tick, free tick, free kick taker. Normally, um, I didn't think. Look, nobody played well yesterday, did they? Uh, he, he he put himself about a little bit. He made a couple of challenges that, whilst were fouls, they saved us. So I'm going to the dizzy heights of a three. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to probably follow suit actually with a three. I'm struggling to think of something to say. Um, he, he, he was not good enough, still. Still not good enough. Um, to me, he doesn't look fit enough, yeah. But to be honest, that's all I can say. <laughs> to, yeah, <laughs> to, be honest, to be honest. Right, uh, Nick, Mississippi, Powell. I think Nick Powell needs resting. I don't know whether um, his head's in the right place. Everybody's talking about this article he did. Uh, and what a lovely bloke he is. Um, I don't care if he writes articles and poetry. Um, he's paid to play football for the football club and he has been one of our talisman. And for whatever reasons, whether he's not fully fit or whether uh, he's wondering about a new contract, I I don't think he's he's worthy of a place at the moment. And I never thought I'd say that about Nick Powell. So he's getting a two. Uh, I'm going to follow him with a one. I thought it was one of the worst plays I've seen from Nick Powell. Uh, missed an absolute city from the time and cross. And yeah, I agree with you. I think it's time to give him a bit of a rest. Maybe put, I don't know, Sawyer's a bit higher or Baker a bit higher. But this is where we're looking at now where 
to be honest, we are missing Tom Ince at these times. Whenever Powell's injured, Ince is a good replacement in that role. I know we've all hated him, but this season he's really been up for it. And I, and, yeah. and, and I knew, I can remember saying, didn't I, on the transfer wind-up show we did, that I think we were going to regret letting Tom Ince go. Yes, you did. And I think we're already paying for that. So he gets a low mark from me, and now we move into Maggi. Well, I've had my say on Maggi in terms of I, I just thought to play him as a as a front man chasing down balls when he has virtually no pace at all. Um, thought it was a really odd use of him. Uh, he hit the post. Uh, how it managed to crawl to the post, I've no idea. He comes back and he did a lot of work in midfield. Um, I, I just. I just, I'm just a bit baffled too. Uh, I'm going to go in with a three for Magic to be honest, because at least he was running round. That's yeah. all I could say. He was, he was helping out. But to be honest, I might even, I've seen that man. I can't, I can't think of a man of the match. I've got to be honest. He tried his best, but the whole team squad set up didn't work. You don't, you don't, you don't play with no wingers and what up front. What, what is yeah. that? I'm sorry, it's just no. stupid. And. Uh, which is why Michael is going to get his own little bit of, bit of smack as well. But I'll be honest with you, completely no service, no nothing from the wings, nothing from behind because Powell didn't turn up. The midfield was completely stodgy, no pace to it whatsoever. He had nothing, nothing to feed off. He got, sometimes you get breadcrumbs, but he got nothing. He had to get, come deep just to get involved in the game. So I, I'll, yeah. gi- I'll give him that. I'll give him that bit of praise because other than that. He had basically nothing to, to work off, to be honest. Right. Yeah, I'll go with you. I'll go with you on that. Right, so now we go on to the substitutes. Will not fit more. Uh, two. A two. I think that's harsh. I'll give him a five. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a five because I always do that with substitutes. There's not really a lot I could have done um, for a lot of the game. To be honest, I think more... To be honest, I, w- I wouldn't have started him. For, for how poor he was, I know, I know he yeah, came exactly. on early, but he, he, you could tell early on that it wasn't working the system, and, and I think that's why I brought Wilmot on to try and put a bit of pace in the team, but it didn't work. Right, Campbell for Powell. I thought Campbell was dreadful, and he's getting uh, a one. Uh, I'll go in with a four actually, because it was a poor performance. He came on and did absolutely nothing. Um, couldn't get involved in the game, but. Again, what's he supposed to feed off with that midfield? There was yeah, no, there was no running. No, it was. Oh, I'm so, I'm so angry, and I hope everybody on the who's listening can understand how angry I am, because the the whole thing was an absolute farce from the beginning. Right now, we go with Philogene Bedace for Verantage. Two. A two. You're getting really harsh with the substitutes here, Hans. Well, listen. A substitute is supposed to come on and change the game. All he did was made it worse. Yeah, true. So I'll go over four, because it was a substitute. Um, yeah, he did nothing. Right, so now we're going for Fletcher for Smith. One. Even though he, he can hold the ball up, one. <laughs> I'll go in with a three. Um, he was pointless. I'll be honest, absolutely pointless. And I don't understand why we had Allen and Thompson still on the bench at this point. After the after all these subs that we used, they, they made no sense. Two of them made no sense whatsoever. I've got to be honest. Right, so we'll go into the whole Stoke performance. Two. Uh, I'm going with a minus one. 
Um, that's probably, and I'm not joking this time, that is one of the worst games I've sat and watched since probably... Luton. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Peak Nathan Jones. That's how yeah. poor they were. Yeah. That's how poor they were. I can remember standing there thinking, has Nathan Jones come back? Cause... Listen, we had a season that most fans around at the time called it the Holocaust season, which I know isn't the right thing to say, but that's what people called it, right? Part of the excuse for that team being so bad was that the players were no good when we had them. It was just a world where we had rubbish players. These players are not rubbish players. So for me, this is worse. Yeah, it is. because It's like I was speaking to me Sheffield United uh rate at work and he was saying how is your team performing the way it is with the quality you've got and I goes I said to him it's, it's, it's been in rotted now for about five six years and we can't even blame Mark Hughes anymore I know there's a lot of people I was reading on, on Stoke Loud and Proud and a few other pages like that they were, they were saying things like oh well you know the manager gets picked this that's one thing that I'm going to we're going to very much talk about after about that, about the transfers thing, because it's got to be mentioned now. Right, so we'll go into Michael O'Neill's rating. One. Uh, I'm going to go over minus three on this one. This is it, it's it's not good enough. It's not good enough, is it? I think I think there's a couple of things. I'm not making a defense defense for him at all, but. Um... I, I just don't understand what his tactics were yesterday and if anything at all it demonstrated to me that Joe Allen and, and Jacob Brown are vital in our team I would have put Thompson on I would have played Thompson certainly would have played Thompson yesterday but I, I just didn't under, I just didn't understand the tactics at all to put Magic where he put him it was just it was almost as if he was trying to save a point at home against Blackpool Blackpool, who incidentally ran the match from start to finish, pressed high, and I look at their names on paper, and there were three or four players that are outstanding, but even now, today, I would not want one of their players in our squad rather than the players on paper that we have, right? That is a damning indictment on our football team when a team that's come up, and I don't care how well they're playing, has made us look stupid at home. They gave us a real tough game there and we scored the one goal through Fletcher. We were never in that game yesterday. It was an utter disgrace. Yeah, without any question, I agree with you. Yes, Yesterday, they deserved the boo at half-time and they definitely deserved the boo at full-time. The, the whole formation system made no sense at all to me. You do not play one on his own with no wingers or a supporting striker. That is got to be in some kind of rule book A about how to be a manager that is ridiculous because we we know full well that Tymon and Smith are not the best well let's be honest are no good as wing backs so to expect them to create something he put Verancic in thinking oh well Verancic might make a great cross or corner he went out for that game to draw nil-nil no question about it. He meant to draw that game nil-nil and hopefully maybe scrape a goal from a corner or a cross. Simple as that. That is not good enough. Not when he's just brought six players, not even two months ago. 
They should be settled. They should be ready. He should have formations working and that should be an easy win for me. Blackpool, I know they're in good form. I know they've come up and they're, they're probably on a high from that. But they haven't won away since October. I know, I know. But you know what Stoke's like. It's Christmas every week at Stoke, isn't it? And at the moment, I'm getting sick of it now. Because this is the second year now I've got my hopes up high because of the way Mark O'Neill's done things. And it's faded again. And it's not just faded because of this or that. It's faded because he doesn't seem to understand or sort out his team tactical-wise to get results. And I said last week on the podcast, I want a run. If he doesn't have a run from now till the end of the season, for me, it's time to part ways. Okay. Simple as that. Right. So... um are you giving the ref a mark? Uh, I'm going to give the ref a high mark, actually, because for me, I agree with you. I think he was man of the match. I'm going to give him an eight. I think he made I'm us. going to give him an eight, and I'm going to give him the man of the match trophy. Yeah, that's so am I. I think he was brilliant, the referee, yesterday. He let things go when it needed go. He pulled yeah. them back when needed. Bookings were all yeah. right. I thought he was a great ref yesterday. Yeah. So, well done to him. Let's give him a round well of applause. Thank you. Uh, now on to Barnsley, I reckon. Uh, no, not yet. Okay. No. <laughs> Excitement killing you. No, not yet. No, here we go. Right, so now we're going to have to discuss the biggest topic at the moment. There's been a new post that's come up today from Stoke Loud and Pat Proud about two two things. We're going to talk about the, the second one after, but first we're going to go into Michael O'Neill. How long do you reckon Michael O'Neill's got? Because the fans have turned. I'm sorry, well, but they've firstly, already gone. I'll, firstly, I'll say to you, I don't care. Stoke Loud and Proud, we are Stoke in the community. We are Stoke... Delilah's webpage, I don't care what they say. The, the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters is what the boards say. And I will ask one question. I thought it was abysmal yesterday. I am I've got great concerns about what's happening at the club, right? But everybody, everybody is talking about the manager. Nobody is saying what a bag full of excrement the team are and those players, right? Not one player pitches up for an interview if they lose. Not one player. The only time you get to interview a player is if Stoke win. So there haven't been many post-match interviews, right? If you're going to talk about the manager, I thought the team selection was awful. I thought there was a complete lack of pace in the team. And I thought all those players went out as individuals yesterday. Not one of them could look at themselves as a professional football player and say they played for the team yesterday. Now, OK, he's picked his formation, he's picked his tactics, right? When you're on that pitch, we had a situation when Fulham, Fulham players were talking about Mark Hughes after he was at our club, and they said, and I'll paraphrase, he used to tell us how to play, and if it wasn't working within five minutes on the pitch, we used to change it ourselves. When they cross that white line, if they have to be told every five minutes where to stand, what to do, like Nathan Jones used to do with them, they're not, they're not our players for me. They need to get gone. However, trying to give an accurate assessment of the situation, I know you've made it perfectly clear you want O'Neill gone, right? Just go back in history. I haven't yet. I haven't said no. Just go back in history. Nathan Jones, where is he now in the league? Yeah, this is, what I'm, this, this is what I'm going to talk about. This is what I'm going to talk about after. This is right. what, what you hard you say. Right, well, I'm going to... The podcast might be longer today. I'm going to have me say, 
there is something inherently wrong at Stoke City when managers can go elsewhere and perform much better on a shoestring budget. So, as much as I think Michael O'Neill is not doing the job to to his full potential at the moment, I'll tell you now, out of all the managers I've dealt with at Stoke, he is the most honest and has the most class as a person. Unfortunately, I want a winner at Stoke and I want a bunch of winners on the pitch. And at this moment in time, he's not producing, but more importantly, neither of the players. And when you look at the team that we have at the moment, given the reckless ability of previous managers to waste money and be profligate with funds, however you want to put it, if you look at the amount of players that we are going to have next season, right? If if you look at those that you wouldn't keep, I personally wouldn't keep the following. Chester, Fox, Moore, Klukas, Doubt I would keep Madger, Fletcher, Jagielka I would only keep him as cover, Sawyers I wouldn't keep, I'd be a bit doubtful about Vrancic, then at the most you've got 10 players. And that's if you include loan players that we have at the club. And we also have a player at Millwall who I wouldn't want back anyway. So I've had my say. I think the manager's had a, a real bad run. I think he is lost. I think he is worried. Well, he told me he was worried in the interview. right? I think he will continue to work as hard as he can. I think the players have let him down. More importantly, the players have let the fans and themselves down. You can't lay all the blame at the manager's door because two weeks ago we were just saying how unlucky they were when they came in January. We were saying what a good lift they'd given to the club. Something is inherently wrong when players at Stoke City Football Club can continue to cost managers jobs and that is what is happening. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not completely Michael O'Neill out at this moment in time. He, he's not far off, I'll be honest. But I said that last podcast, and I said what, and I said at the start of the season as well. I want a different this season. I want a higher push up there, and I want us just miss out on the playoffs. If we just missed out, it'll remind me of the purely season. And a year later, of course, we went up second. Now, for me, I haven't seen anything where I'm looking going, this manager knows how to get a run. Because because the championship, to get promoted, it's built on runs. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's without question. If you can't get a team to win four, five, six games in a row, and then maybe, yeah, you fall away a bit, like, like Bournemouth have. You know, Bournemouth yeah. will fall away. I mean, I think they went seven unbeaten or ten unbeaten, didn't they? Then they had a bit of a, a, bit of a slump. But then went on a six, seven winning run or unbeaten run. That's why they're going to go up. Because they've got a manager there that knows he's, he's, he, he plays a certain way. But he also has things around the scenes which help. This football club, and I'll tell you the reason why these managers are going off and being successful elsewhere, because they're more modern than us. When you look at Luton, they have a statistic base. They have an analytic system. They have this. Most clubs do. But they're not run by their owner. Whereas with us, we seem to be stuck in 1998 from the way we do business. And it's not helping any manager because I don't think it works in the modern game. You can look at, I don't know, Magic for example. He scores goals and I would keep Magic if we can get him on a permanent basis. Yeah. 
But the thing is, with somebody like Imagi, you've got to know how to play him. Yeah. And the thing is, with the whole system, the way our managers get, get you know, lumped with, here's your list of 10, pick your favourite striker out of that one. Ooh, it's like a kid in a candy shop. The fact of the matter is, this Michael O'Neill doesn't know how those strikers play. That's why we need a system behind the scenes to know which one's best for him because of the way he plays. Because this, for me, we keep swapping and changing as managers all the time and it doesn't work, I agree. But if Michael O'Neill doesn't have a run from now till the end of the season, for me, it's done. For me, I mean, at the moment, I had a look the other day, I think the most he's won in a row is three. And that's the best he's done. And that's saying, what, two and a half years, is it? And that was actually at the beginning. So the problem is for me is he's now had two windows. That is pretty much his team. He's, I know, and to be honest, if it wasn't for our youth academy this season producing your quality young players, where would we be now? Because our best players are academy prospects, Suter, Campbell, Berzik. Yeah, but hang on. Give him the credit. He's played them. The yeah, people which, which I will give him the credit for. That's, that's the only credit he's got in, my, yeah. in the bank for me is that he's yeah. given these youngsters the opportunity to become good players. But his signings are so hit and miss that I can't judge them. And this is why every Stoke fan at this moment in time is looking at it going, who's your favourite player? Eh, Campbell. Why? Because he, he can hit the net. That it, it's, it's coming down to that small. Like Philogene Phil Bidace, I thought we had a, a, a game winner. He's not really done a lot since that day. Where he, where he ripped Swansea apart. And for, for me, when we look at the manager, he's on borrowed time for me. He's, he's definitely on borrowed time. I know he's got a bit of class about him. I like how he works. But the thing of the matter is, it's about results on the pitch. Absolutely. And, and, and this is the second year in a row now where it's completely faded away to nothing. And so I'm going to ask you a question then. Let's assume that you're going to replace him, right? Given that Nathan Jones was a progressive... Oh, a great young up-and-coming manager, which he may still will be, and looking at his results... He will be. He will be. I said that at the beginning. Well, well, who are you going to get to come to Stoke to replace Nathan Jones and get them back up? Because please don't tell me Farker. No, 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 no. Absolutely no. no. I mean, this is the other thing, Ian. Do you think these people that fans are talking about are going to want to come to this share of excrement. No. no. Well, it, we've got to be realistic. I mean, last week, my me, me pick was Rooney, and he still would be my pick, but I don't think he'd come stoke, not the, no. the way we're run at the moment. No. He's probably better off staying at Derby if they get a new owner. I'd go for the Ross County manager. Yeah, OK. Um, the one who won both... It was Ross County, wasn't it? He won both Cups last season, the yeah. League Cup and the FA Cup. And I think yeah. it is Callum Davidson, isn't it? He was at Stoke not that long ago. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. I'd give him a go. For the, for the way we are at, the, at this moment in time, people are talking... Because for me, I don't want another tied and tested manager. We've, we, we're not, we can't get Chris Wilder now. We were too slow on the button with that one, which yeah. which has always been Stokes' problem, slow on the button. Yeah. For me, we've got to look more sensible in who we do bring in as a manager. But for me, until the upstairs department, which is when we lead into the second part of this, until we move into the second... Until we move our entire boardroom level changes... I can't see us going anywhere in the modern game. You must agree with me that the coach family are great for the club. They do incredible things. They, they keep us out of debt. They make sure that we we strive. Well, not striving, but we, they make sure that the club's well looked after. They look after us as well, which is a, a real great thing, especially now with the 
We're a net, was it the twelfth season in a row now? We've had a price freeze on the season ticket and the and the free travel for away games. Absolutely amazing, and you have to give them great respect for that. But I just don't feel they understand the modern game, and that's where we move into to the second part. Is what do we do as a football club? Like I, I people have been talking. Do we need new owners now? I'm going to give them the the benefit of the doubt. In my opinion, I would stick with the coach family. But for me, unless Denise starts taking an active involvement with this football club, I can't see us going anywhere. Well, I'll say this. To get new owners, you have to have people who want to buy the football club. I would not expect to see a queue of people wanting to buy Stoke City. It might be the club we support. It might be the club that we think is a big club, a sleeping giant. There are a lot of other sleeping giants in the world who have hit hard times. Look at Sunderland. How many owners have they had since the, everybody thought they could go in and turn it round? Right? And they've got a much bigger fan base than us. Whether we like it or not, they have a bigger fan base than us. They're a bigger club than us, Sunderland. Right? You know, so if you're not getting people... Going in there and spending fortunes on Sunderland, you're not going to get it at Stoke. I think whether I want the whether I think they're the best owners or not, I think we're very lucky to have the owners that we have. And sometimes people ought to think, hmm, okay, they're, they're billionaires. I wonder if you'd pay fifty-eight thousand, sorry, fifty-eight million of your own money up a wall and just write it off. Because that's what they did in one transfer window, right? And that's what they'll continue to do when financial fair play allows Stoke to start spending money again. They will spend, spend, spend to put this club back where they think it should be. The only problem is, in my opinion, I don't think there is a person with uh, a lot of football knowledge close to the owners. Right? I think that the way they run their businesses is that they do it all themselves uh, with their own mental faculties, with their own understanding of what they think needs to happen. They employ people in positions and they give them too much power. And when I say too much power, the manager, the manager always has the final say, whatever people think, the manager always has the final say on who comes in. The only difference it was was the chief executive would say we can have him or not budget-wise, right? That was the only difference. I think they need a head of recruitment or a head of football, not your Alex Aldridge. He was a data analyst man, actually. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you need somebody with a wealth of experience. Now, people are saying Michael O'Neill should go upstairs. I wouldn't want him to go upstairs. No, 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 as manager of Stoke City, given the current circumstances where there is nobody upstairs, who would you pick that, that you could get? Well, because money's not an object for the owners. No, it well, isn't. If, no. if they see somebody that they want, they will pay the going rate. So ignore money. It's whether the people want to come to Stoke, and I think that limits your market. People don't want to come to Stoke for two reasons, right? One, because they don't want to live here. Two, because their wives, husbands, girlfriends don't want to live here. It is not a desirable place to live. Whether we love it or not, Ian, none of the players live here. 
No, no, no. I, I, I completely agree with you. They don't. But there is a nice catchment area around us, which is something that does appease. Well, well, it got people like Shakiri and Crouch and other people like yeah. that to come to Old the club. Edge and yeah, which is nearby, isn't it? It's not. It's not yeah. miles away. Now, for me, the first question is with what you said with the Alex Aldridge things, and he's gone now, and with the record of players that he's been bringing in already, I'm, I'm thinking, good, get yourself back to Millwall. For me, the manager isn't isn't the isn't the problem at this moment in time. It's a problem match day, but what I mean is, we need, for me, the owners need to either step back and bring a completely new setup into the Stoke City club, for me. This system of letting the manager have the final say of a selection of 10 players does not work. We've seen it now with Nathan Jones, who's gone to Luton with an analytics-based system, and they're in the playoffs. Gary Rowett yeah. is similar to Millwall. I think he might have a bit more say there, but it's still, he doesn't have the final on most. Plus, he's got a shoestring, so it doesn't really matter if he gets them or not. But when you look at us, that's very 90s, where a manager would have the final say on who comes in. But it's now 2022. And... Most clubs don't do that. If you look at models like Wolves, for example, now we know their owners have got connections to Portugal, but they have a niche market there, so they take yeah. full advantage of it, and it's working brilliantly for them. You look at Leicester, who take advantage of the French market, and then you look at basically how they also snip around Germany as well and get the odd good bit of business done as well, like Sionchu cost them, what, 6.5 million, and he's a fantastic defender. That Fafana as well, who they got for what was it, eight million? Yeah. Pocket change in modern football, but get a player worth fifty million in a couple of years later on. With us, it seems like we have four because it's all going to change. Obviously, Tony Scholes would g- give you a list of ten players, and then you go, "Well, I've heard of him, and I'd have him." But a manager won't, won't know how good that player is, other than watching him maybe as a an opposition manager or or whatever. He won't know the personality of that player. It worked well with Pulis because Pulis was incredibly good at finding out a person's characteristics by not just meeting them once, he'd meet them two or three times outside of the club, inside the club, and phone calls to try and get a personality level of the player, which was why it was a success under Tony Pulis. But this has always been the problem when when you look at the coach family. This, well, Peter, with, with the first time and the second time, He's only ever had, really, two successful managers in his time as an owner. You go back to Lou Macari and you go to Tony Pulis. But look at the disasters that follow round them two managers. Joe Jordan, Chris Kamari, Nathan Jones, Gary Rowett. It's not a system that works. So, for me, if they aren't going to modernise then I will push for new owners because I want the best for my football team. I know people think I'm a moaner because I'm a realistic person. And for me, it continually keeps happening. Nathan Jones isn't a bad manager. He wouldn't have done what he's done with Luton if he was a bad manager. He took them from non-league to the playoffs in the championship, including having a terrible spell at Stoke in between that. So he can't be a bad manager. Gary Rowett isn't a terrible manager. He's not He's not a, a winner who's going to get you up, but he's not a terrible manager. Look what he's, he's, he's made Millwall from a team that was dead cert to go down to being a team who's in the top half chasing the playoffs. Yeah. 
These aren't bad managers. So it's obviously the systems that we're putting in place are simply not working. And the, the proof's in the pudding now with the three managers we've had. These signings they make don't suit their systems. You look at Surridge, for example. What a waste of space. We spent £2 million on him, as most of us budget. And he was hopeless. I know somehow we got his money back, which is probably great business, and I'll give him credit for that. But, you know, there's got to be more said about it. Now, we know the Coates family have been brilliant. Outside of the club, they've done great things. But they've got to step back for me because they don't know modern football. Peter definitely doesn't know modern football. And John, what is John's experience with football? But at the moment, he's the only man up there. So it's something's got to be changed, and, and, and yeah, it's I'm not, not going to be changed. Not going to be changed in the short term. So you've got to carry on with what you've got. It's put, you, you can we can debate this forever, right? But you're not going to make the hill, slightest hill of beans difference to the club, because a they're not going to sell it. B if they sold it, they wouldn't be the owner wouldn't be as rich as the current ones we have. And C, it, it, well, does it make a difference? I'll go back to what I said before, right? We've talked about a new manager. They can get a new manager in tomorrow. If they want Michael O'Neill gone, they will do what they've done with other managers. They'll pay them up, they'll thank them very much, and they'll get a new manager. It hasn't worked since Mark Hughes. The recruitment of management at Stoke City has been dreadful. Lambert, well, you might as well have whatever the man's like as a man, you might you might have just down tools and said, well, we're going down. Mowant, yeah. Nathan Jones. The fact of the matter is that two of those three have gone on and done far better. I believe, whether people agree with me or not, is up to them. I would give Michael O'Neill another season. <gasps> and if, it, what, if he hasn't turned it round by November then I would get somebody else. I certainly wouldn't get somebody else now. Having said that, I think Michael O'Neill is the type of bloke that will talk to the coach family at the end of the season and say, look, if you don't think this is working, we'll part. I honestly do think he'll do that. Well, this is the problem though, isn't it, though, with this, with the manager. If, if the manager has all the final say on, on all these kind of things, does the manager have too much power at the club? Now, fair enough, you can understand it with a Fergie and, and a Wenger because of what they've done in the past. But a manager who's done nothing for the club, really, apart from he has done something, he did keep us up when I didn't expect him to do it. And he did it. So he has got a bit of credit in the bank and that's what Stoke fans need to remember. He has got credit in the bank. Do you think the... Listen, ma- football's a really ruthless industry. Yeah, it is. It's probably right. the most ruthless industry. In the bank. Yeah, yeah, but you, you know what I mean. Compared to a, a yeah. Rowett and a Jones yeah. who did nothing, you know, who I think also had too much power. Do they put too much on the manager at our football club? That, like I said before, we know things aren't going to change rapidly, quickly. But do, but something's got to happen, hasn't it, in the upstairs yeah. areas? Without a question. Yeah. But, um. Do I think it'll happen in the short term? No. So, so it's going to be Groundhog Day for another couple of seasons, then, isn't it? Um, upstairs, I'm not sure. I mean, they'll, they'll get a COO in soon, and I think that might make a difference, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. Ultimately, I believe the Coates family uh, work on the basis of um, they appoint people, they pay them good money, they expect them 
to uh, do the job to the best of their ability. If they don't, after a certain amount of time, those people are moved on. And I don't see anything changing um, from, from that perspective for a while. I certainly don't think they will sell the club. No, I don't think they'll sell the club, no. I don't think, I think they'll At this moment in time, I wouldn't want them to sell the club. No, I wouldn't. Because I, I think you're then taking a retrograde step. No, I don't. I don't. But but for me, my personal opinions are: we need Denise to jump on. I know she won't. I know she's got no interest. But no interest at all. Why? What? What on earth interest would you have in a football club where people ripped your father up for toilet paper when he was last on the board? She thought he was mental, as did a lot of the family. Buying the club back, you're not going to change your opinion. What? Why would you change your opinion when your own children have been? Um, verbally abused because their granddad was the owner of the football club. It's diabolical what happened to people. Diabolical what happens to people in the football in the football world because football is tribal. You've, you've seen how people react with other fans at football matches. Oh, I'm right? very, very, very much involved in that. <laughs> it is yeah, tribal. It's, 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 it's it, like, I think it was also well said, it, it is more important in life and death. And it, I think, personally, it is. You know, it's, when you've, put so much effort and time into your football club. You know, it's like, I think it was my uncle talked about it and he said he puts Stoke above his own missus because yeah. because he, he said he'd never leave him. It's more important to him than his, his well, not his kids, yeah, but you no know. I've no problem with that. I've no problem with that at all. But I, I think you, you draw the line on, um, on certain things. And um, if you lived in the Ukraine right now, Ian, you wouldn't think football was more important than anything else. No, 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 that's a different subject, yeah. Right, so now we're going to positive things. Is there any? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll talk about Barnsley. Barnsley? Barnsley. Well, I mean, what is there to say about Barnsley? They're not doing that well, are they? When did they last win, Barnsley? Um, I think it was against us once. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I mean, that's, that's where we're at. So let's just be ultra-positive and say at some point... Right, are you ready for this? Yeah, if you say everything when. Is, everything is stacked for us here. Yeah, oh, don't start now, don't, because I'll, I'll hang the phone up. If you say right? when. It's away. <laughs> We've got three away games. We could get nine points in, in a week because we are so good away from home. Right? That's the positive thing. Right, put the tea down. Put the tea down. <laughs> right, I'm being serious. They've got, he has to get a reaction. They owe it to themselves to get a reaction uh, on Tuesday. Barnsley lost against Derby on Saturday, didn't they? Yeah. 2-0. Uh, well, I, I mean, it's frightening when you look at Derby. They would have been play, in the playoffs now. If, um, to be feared. It's frightening, isn't it? But when you look at Barnsley's results, right? Barnsley played Middlesbrough and beat Middlesbrough at home. Barnsley played Hull and beat away right Coventry just beat Barnsley Barnsley beat Queen's Park Rangers Luton beat Barnsley 2-1 so what I'm really saying is it's going to be a tough match this yeah it is yeah yeah. everybody's <laughs> expecting it to be a bit of a pushover it's been postponed twice I'm just wondering if we could get it postponed a third time uh, let's hope <laughs> I, I fully expect a reaction I fully expect Stoke to win flying colours 2-1 Right, so you're going. You're, so that's your score. Yeah. Uh, one nil, Barnsley. I think the line's gone wrong here. No, no, it's had it gone wrong. One nil, one nil, one nil, Barnsley. Right. Ca- well, you 
Well, you do know Barnsley 23rd. Yeah, I know, but that means nothing. <laughs> you do know they have a goal difference of minus 26. Yes, but they, they, I've said they, they could scrape the play. <laughs> no, uh, for me, I, I, can't, I can't see a reaction. I, I think it's the beginning of the end, to be honest. I think right, that... hang on a minute. Right. Barnsley are on minus 26. Peterborough, at this moment in time, are on minus 45. If we... Oh, and Cardiff are on minus 12, goal difference. If we can't score against them, right... Then I will go with you and um, decide that whatever you want to decide, I will decide that for the football team going forward. Because if we can't score against teams with a, a combined goal difference of minus 71, then I'm beginning to worry. Yeah, 1 0 Barnsley, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I've gone right off you. <laughs> right, and then the next match on Saturday in Titus Peterborough. It is. I'm waiting for you. Go on, tell well, us your feelings on Peterborough. Because I can't say anything because I'm angry. So. Peterborough is, um, thank God they're below us in the league. They're rock bottom. They've got uh, a goal difference of uh, 45. And um, they ain't doing very well, are they? I mean, <laughs> it's all... Ha- Listen, Peterborough aren't doing well. Stoke are normally a charity case uh, when they play clubs like this. But Huddersfield beat them... Uh, 3-0 on Saturday Manchester City struggled to beat them in the cup so I'm working on the principle that Manchester City struggling to beat them in the cup means that they can handle fast free-flowing attacking football we don't play that so yeah we, we don't play that chance of beating them. I mean they lost 3-0 at, ho- at home to all so I'm going for a win there too 2-1 uh, I'm going for a win there uh, 3-2 right I'm game. I'm game for a win against Peterborough. I think. I think they. You'll put. To be honest, Barnsley. I just. Barnsley. I can't see as winning. I don't. I don't know why. Because they are garbage. But so were Blackpool. In my opinion, I thought Blackpool showed nothing. I mean, to be honest, yesterday Blackburn should have battered us. And okay. we're playing Barnsley on Tuesday night. I don't think the manager knows what he's going to do. I think, I think that's why he said he was worried and stuff like that. And I think Barnes will get something. But I think they then will respond on Saturday and get three points. Right, OK. But it will be another dogfight. I think it'll be like the Fulham game, but the other way round. Well, think I'll say this. If they lose um, on Tuesday and they lose on Saturday, then I think um, the writing is very much on the wall. Yeah, I agree. I think if we don't, if we can't beat Barnsley and Peter, if we can't get any points from Barnsley and Peterborough, then it is time for the manager to walk for me. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, there's no question about it. He's got to go. Because at the end of the day, you look at that squad we've got, and I know they're all, they, they can be classed as individuals, but they don't suit him, do they, some of these signings? They just don't suit the manager. And it's, no. it's and I've said this for years now as well, like when we brought Morgan Fox in for, for Nathan Jones, and we brought Smith in when... You know Nathan Jones at the club, and I looked at him going, "They aren't his players. They look nothing yeah. like his players." And that's where that's where we're we going wrong. This is where we're going wrong because of the stats-based analytics. It's just not there. And for me, when we play against these two sides, if we don't get, if we like, for me, I think we'll lose against Barnsley, but I think we'll p- pick up something against Peterborough. Okay. So there's but, only one Right now, let's get a bit of positivity. Come on, let's have it now. Some, some, let's see if the women are going to bring us up. City women today have played Middlesbrough. Yeah. That's the positivity. 
Oh, don't Stoke tell me they've lost. Middlesbrough, six. Oh, great. Oh, God, what a week. <laughs> you have to laugh, don't you? Well, oh, listen, may I just say on the podcast, I know we have some um, some international listeners. Obviously, they're the insomniacs that can't cope. But we have some international listeners. And yesterday, uh, I was asked my opinion at one point on, on uh, Radio Stoke. And I said... Uh, for those of you listening in Australia, you know, China, switch off and go back to bed, because this is dreadful. And I got a message from somebody on Twitter this morning who found it really amusing and said the only problem was he was in America, it was 10 o'clock in the morning, and he couldn't switch off. So I said, next week, have a lie-in. <laughs> and that sort of sums up how bad we were. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not the podcast. They're loving the podcast, but it's it's just the football. And I, I could always tell as well with the podcast when Stoke aren't doing well that the numbers drop because yeah. it's just that's fact. Got nothing, Ian, that's got nothing to do with the Stoke are playing well. It's because the numbers drop when I go on a rant and everybody thinks I can't be bothered with this, switches it off. Uh, you might have a point there. Yeah. But I bring, I bring the comedy relief, not this week because I'm angry, but <laughs> what normally I do. <laughs> uh, and I think we'll have to wrap it up there before we go any more yeah, miserable. We well, I'd just like to say to Matthew Lum, who was the guy in America, I, I told the lie, it was 8 o'clock in the morning, and he was building a puzzle with his kids. And I sent him a message saying, well, you're going to you gonna have to have a lie-in. And he said he was building this puzzle, and I just said to him, I hope you've got all the pieces, because we hadn't. And that was the end of the conversation. But listen, it's been lovely to talk to you again. As usual, you've made my day. You've, the positivity exuding from your body has just lifted me uh, and I'll go to Barnsley um, looking for a chop and three points. Well, that's it, because if it wasn't for your predictions, we'd be top of the league with every single point. <laughs> but l- luckily, I go in now, and, and, and I knew I should have gone in with a Barnsley Blackpool 1-0 win, because I put it last week as a joke, and I thought everyone would think I'm negative, and then then it happens, I could have been 3-0 up. Yeah, but, and one, one money as well. Well, there you do, there's no money, there's no money, okay. not yet, we aren't that big. Uh, right, so thanks for that, Ange, I'll let you Pleasure. go. So, thanks for listening, I know it's been a bit of a depressing one, but there's serious problems at the club at the moment which we all know about I think upstairs and on the pitch but let's hope things improve there's always next week there's always maybe a bit of positivity and let's hope we can bring that forward if you like the podcast make sure you like and share and tell your friends about it because word of mouth means a hell of a lot more than anything else if you follow us on iTunes please give us a five star review it goes a long way for the podcast and makes Ange happy which is rare trust me Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Just add us and join the family. So thanks for listening. ta All the best.